the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through 1 Samuel. David is on the run and he's in the wilderness and he's living out of caves and he's, he's constantly moving from place to place without a home that God is speaking to him and God is drawing him near to himself. God is exercising, if you will, David's spirit, strengthening him, preparing him to be the next king of Israel. But there's much work to be done. You know, David is now in his 20s, but there, there is work to be done here. More often than not, we forget that in the middle of our hard times, God is speaking to us in and through that. In today's message, Pastor Gary will encourage you to see in the midst of your troubles that God is not only there, but He has something to say and something to teach you. Just like God used David's tough times to strengthen him and to help him grow, God also does that for us. You don't just go through trials because that's a part of life. You go through them to ultimately be a better Christian. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 23 with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. Something important to note with me here. Three times David seeks the Lord here because he's trying to discern the Lord's will. What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? So what we've been talking about principles from each of these chapters. So here's a principle from chapter 23. When in doubt, seek God out, right? I mean, it's obvious because usually when we are in a difficult situation, that's what drives us to pray. So nobody usually has to tell you when you're in a difficult spot, you should probably pray because that's the first thing that we tend to do after we get through Googling and worrying about it. Then, then we'll usually, you know, be driven to prayer because we're in a difficult spot. But this is what David does here. Notice he is given different counsel by his Men, his army that he's pulled together, they tell him we shouldn't go to Keilah because the Philistines outnumber us. And what does David do? He hears what they say, but he inquires of the Lord and the Lord says otherwise. So it's always good. You know, it's fine. Get counsel. The Bible says there's safety, the multitude of counselors, but the ultimate counselor we need to hear from is the Lord. And and that's why we need to know the Bible. That's why we need to have an ear that is inclined to the Lord. Because Proverbs 19.21 says, There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. And so David understood here that 
you know, people are going to tell him one thing, but what does God say about the matter? And what's unfortunate in this scene here is that God tells him, yes, Saul's coming. And also, by the way, the men of Keilah are going to give you up. Isn't that, isn't that sad? He's just rescued this town, Keilah, against the Philistines. And God says, but if Saul shows up here, these men will turn you over. You talk about betrayal. Betrayal. These guys who have just been rescued by David are willing to give him up to King Saul. And so David and his men move on. And when Saul hears about that, he says, oh, well, I'm not going to keep hunting him all over the countryside. So he, uh, he halted the expedition. Keep reading with me, verse 14. And David stayed in strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. We're talking the western side of the, of the Dead Sea. By the way, everything on the eastern side of the Dead Sea on the map today would be the country of Jordan, like Moab is, is in Jordan. And so this is where David is now, in the wilderness of Ziph. And it says, Saul sawed him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. And so David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a forest. Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. Underline that. Strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, this is Jonathan speaking to David. Now remember, they had a very unique, um, sincere friendship. Jonathan was anywhere from 20 to 30 years older than David. So there was even a generational difference here, but they were the best of friends. There was nothing weird going on here. I've already covered that in previous chapters, but they have the kind of loyal friendship that is very rare and was very unique. And Jonathan says to David, do not fear. This is verse 17. For the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you, even my father father Saul knows that. And so the two of them made a covenant before the Lord and David stayed in the woods and Jonathan went to his own house. Now note that it says that they made a covenant actually back in chapter 18 verse 3 they made a covenant in chapter 20 verse 16 they renewed a co- the covenant and so this is actually a renewal of the renewal in other words they just had a bond and a loyalty and they uh, had this bond before God that they were going to you know uh, serve the Lord and um and honor him and this is remarkable because Jonathan is basically more loyal to David than he is to his own father because he sees the hand of God on David's life and he sees that his father has just gone mad. I mean, literally, his dad is is, uh, paranoid, his dad is um, insecure, his dad is demonized, and he realizes the hand of God is not with my dad. And Jonathan selfishly could have wanted the throne because he was technically next in line, but he acknowledged that God's calling was upon David and that God had selected David. And so Jonathan was loyal loyal to him. And I love the way it says here that he, you know, he finds David here hiding out in, in, in the wilderness of, of Ziph. And it says there, I ask you to underline it if you wanted to. And he strengthened David's hand in God. And he gives them this little short pep talk about do not fear for the hand of Saul, my father shall not find you. And to me, it speaks of another principle from chapter 23. Look for someone to strengthen with the gift of encouragement, because that's what Jonathan did. 
Jonathan brought a word of encouragement to his best friend, and he, and he just encouraged him. And I think it is important for us to look for people that we can help to strengthen just with a word of encouragement. You would be surprised how much a timely word of encouragement can just mean the world of difference to somebody. And, and I would just really exhort us to consider, you know, being mindful and, and prayerful. Like, Lord, who, who, you know, just think about in any given day or any given week. You know, Lord, who is it that you might want me to just encourage today? Who is it you just might want me to say something to that would just be a word of encouragement to them? By the way, that will go a long way to relieving your own discouragement. You know, when you might feel down or you might feel discouraged or you might be even hearing me say this and think to yourself, well, I want somebody to encourage me. Well, you know what? Sometimes it doesn't work out that way, Snowflake. And you might just have to actually, sorry to melt you, but you might just have to actually think to yourself, you know what will be good for my situation is if I look for somebody that I can encourage. You will be surprised how you'll get out of your own despair when you look for someone who's in despair that you might encourage them and how God will bless you and encourage you because you're looking out for somebody else. When we sit around and say, you know, woe is me and I wish somebody would meet my needs, meet my needs, you're not, you're not focused on anybody else around you except yourself, but you'll be surprised at how God will meet your needs when you look towards someone else and how you can encourage them and how you can uh, speak into their lives that would be something that is helpful and, and something that ministers to them. So, you know, look for other people and let God use you to encourage someone who needs it. And you'll be surprised how God will encourage yourself in the process. And so this is what Jonathan does. Now, sad note at this part. This is the last time that David and Jonathan will see each other. Jonathan's going to die in war. And so this is the last encounter that they have face to face. It says in verse 19, then the Ziphites came up to Saul at Gibeah. Again, he's back up there at the top of the map. He's in Gibeah. And um, they turned David in too. They came up to Saul at Gibeah saying, is David not hiding with us in the strongholds, in the woods, in the hill of Hakila, which is in the south of Jezimon. Now, therefore, O king, come down according to all the desire of your soul to come down, and our part shall be to deliver him into the king's hand. I mean, this guy can't get a break, David. It's like everybody's betraying him. Everybody's calling him out. Everybody's giving up intel on him. And so he has to keep running. Verse 21, and Saul said, blessed are you of the Lord, for you have compassion on me. Please go and find out for sure and see the place where his hideout is and who has seen him there, for I am told he is very crafty. See, therefore, and take knowledge of all the lurking places where he hides and come back to me with certainty, and I will go with you. And it shall be, if he is in the land, that I will search for him throughout all the clans of Judah. And so they arose and went to Ziph before Saul. But David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon. He's going further south, down now to the wilderness of Maon, in the plain on the south of Jezmon. When Saul and his men went to seek him, they told David, therefore, 
He went down to the rock. Now notice that. And stayed in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul heard that, he pursued David in the wilderness of Maon. It, it's interesting that, you know, here he is in this big wilderness, the wilderness of Maon. And uh, Saul gets wind of it. And so David, it just says, where does he retreat? He went down to the rock. Like, like there's this huge rock somewhere where everybody knows that, oh yeah, it's just the rock. Like everybody knows where the rock is, which is kind of like a dead giveaway. If you, if you want to hide from Saul, why are you going to the rock? But here's what I want you to note with me. And, and I've done this as we've gone through some of these chapters here where David is on the run and David is hiding. Because as I mentioned weeks ago, These are the places where David writes many of his psalms. He wrote 75% of the whole book of psalms. And many of the psalms that he wrote were while he was on the run in the cave of Adullam, in the wilderness of Judah, down at En Gedi. And one of the psalms that he wrote is Psalm 18, and he wrote it about the rock. Now, I'm going to turn there. You can turn if you want also, um, or you can just listen But this is Psalm 18. I'm going to read the first uh, six verses, and then I'm going to skip to the end of the chapter because it's 50 verses long. But in Psalm 18, the subtitle says this, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Okay, so notice, so we know for sure that Psalm 18 was written while he was running from Saul. And I want you to see the symbolism here in Psalm 18, verse 1. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock. And my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The pangs of death surround me and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him even to his ears. So notice there, he's, he's talking. The idea is here he is hiding from Saul by this known rock in this wilderness here of Maon, and it causes him to realize that this rock is providing for him temporary shelter that he can hide behind, but the ultimate rock that is the source of strength in his life is the Lord his God. And listen to how the chapter ends, Psalm 18, uh, I'll jump to verse 46. He reiterates it there in verse 46. The Lord lives, blessed be my rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God who avenges me and subdues the peoples under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. Obviously, the violent man is a reference to Saul, and he's writing here about how God is his strength, God is his rock, God is his sure foundation. And so it's interesting, again, as David is on the run and he's in the wilderness and he's living out of caves and he's, he's constantly moving from place to place without a home, that God is speaking to him. 
And God is drawing him near to himself. God is exercising, if you will, David's spirit, strengthening him, preparing him to be the next king of Israel. But there's much work to be done. You know, David is now in his 20s, but there, there is work to be done here. And so David is drawing near to the Lord and calling him his rock as he's hiding here by the rock in the wilderness of Maon. Back here in, in 1 Samuel 23, continuing in verse 25, it says, And when Saul heard that, he pursued David in the wilderness of Maon. Verse 26, And then Saul went on one side of the mountain, and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. And so David made haste to get away from Saul, for Saul and his men were encircling David and his men to take them. But a messenger came to Saul saying, hurry and come, for the Philistines have invaded the land. And therefore Saul returned from pursuing David and went against the Philistines. And so they called that place the rock of escape. And then David went up from there and dwelt in strongholds at En Gedi. So he moves further south on our map. He goes now uh, further south down um, to the coast, to the western coast of the Dead Sea. And this is where we find him. Now, I'm just going to read, because we're almost out of time, so I don't want to get into all of chapter 24, but I want to read just the, the first, um, just the first verse of chapter 24, because I also want to weave in a couple of Psalms that David wrote. So just look at chapter 24, verse 1. It says, Now it happened when Saul had returned from following the Philistines that it was told him, saying, Take note, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. En Gedi in Hebrew means the spring of the wild goats. The wild goats also called the ibex. Now, if you were with me in Israel just, what, a month ago or two, En Gedi was one of the places that we visited. And I want you to imagine a, a wasteland, a vast desert, and you've got this one spring in the middle of the wilderness. It's the spring of En Gedi, the spring of the wild goats. And you can see Ibex, you can see little wild goats running all alongside the, you know, the, the, the mountainside. And they can literally, they're little tiny hooves, they can literally walk on four-inch cliffs hugging alongside of the mountains down there. And that's why it's called the Spring of the Wild Goats, because they would often um, get water here. And this is the place where David would hide. It was the only source of fresh water. You know, we, we take fresh water for granted, but when you're in the middle of a desert in a wilderness, you got to hang out somewhere near fresh water. And so David hung out here uh, in, in Gedi, and there are a few different psalms that he would write. And so we'll, we'll close our Bible study by looking at two of these Psalms. If you, if you just leave 1 Samuel and go to Psalm 57, we're going to look at Psalm 57 and 63. So Psalm 57. So again, put yourself in, in David's sandals here and just think about how, you know, you're on the run for your life. You're, you're in this oasis in the middle of the desert at, at Gedi. And the Lord is going to speak to you, and you're going to draw near to him. And one of the Psalms that he writes here is Psalm 57. Now, again, if you look at the subtitle in your Bibles, Psalm 57 says, Prayer for safety from enemies. And, and it says, To the chief musician set to do not destroy, whatever that tune is, <laughs> a miktam of David when he fled from Saul into the cave. And this is Psalm 57. It's only 11 verses. I'll read all of it. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you. 
and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit for me into the midst of it. They themselves have fallen. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awake, my glory. Awake, lute and harp. I will awake in the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. For your mercy reaches unto the heavens and your truth unto the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. Isn't that a beautiful psalm? And he wrote it inspired there in the cave near En Gedi. Go to Psalm 63 and we'll read this one before we go. Psalm 63, also 11 verses. The subtitle is a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. So En Gedi is part of the wilderness of Judah, and this is what he writes. And you can see here the, the language. You know, th- this is why I want you to see the psalms woven through 1 Samuel, because he's, I want you to see firsthand how he's inspired and moved by his scenery and surroundings as he draw, draws near to the Lord. So... Verse 1, he says, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals, but the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory, but the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. Amen. And we'll pick up the story there into chapter 24. Lord, thank you for your word and thank you for the heart of David reflected through the Psalms. And Lord, sometimes we might find ourselves in the wilderness, so to speak, We thank you, Lord, that you meet us there. Your fresh water in a dry and weary land. How our soul thirsts for you, Lord. Thank you that you hear our prayers. Thank you, Lord, that you will meet our needs. Thank you, Father, that you have us in mind. You know us. We thank you that you always have your best for us, Lord. And we wait for your perfect timing. I pray, God, for those who are just waiting on you, that you will show yourself strong to them while they wait, and that during the waiting time, they would draw closer to you. They would learn more about you, Lord. 
that you would refine us during the waiting years. You would build us up, Lord. We just give you the praise and the glory and the thanks. Thank you, Lord, for being with us tonight. Be with us as we go in our places. Home, in Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. That's all we have for today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. If you'd like to listen to this message from 1 Samuel again, or if you'd like to explore other messages from Pastor Gary, just visit our website, cornerstoneconnection.cc. Under the Teachings option, you can download our mobile app to stay connected with God's Word everywhere you go. You will also find our companion resources. These digital study guides are meant to give you even more insight into some of the studies Pastor Gary has done and are available free of charge to you. While you're there, take a minute to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify so you never miss another message. You'll also find links with more information about the church behind this ministry, Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you in person. Come visit us. You'll find service times and more information about Cornerstone Chapel at cornerstoneconnection.cc. With that, our time with you has come to an end for today. So put a marker in your Bible where we left off today in 1 Samuel and make plans to join Pastor Gary next time. Thanks again for listening to today's teaching right here on Cornerstone Connection. No place to go, but still you know, still you know you're not alone. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.